Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to episode number 80 of the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna. I'm glad you could join us today for another adventure with Jesus. Uh, We are all about helping you grow in your relationship with God. And today is a deep dive discussion. And I got Tara Lee Cobble of the Bible Recap Podcast. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, we get into the episode what it's all about. But uh, it is... uh, well, when I look this morning, it's number eight on the uh, religious spirituality on iTunes uh, ranking. So it's a uh, podcast that's doing really well, helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus, which we want you to do as well. And so it's great to have her on the show. And you may be thinking, you know, I'd love to read the Bible more. I'd like to read through the Bible. Maybe you've been around church for a while and you've tried multiple times to read through and you uh you, as we talk about in the episode, you died in the wilderness, you know, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and you just kind of uh, gave up somewhere. I think this is going to encourage you today. I think this is going to be a help uh, to move Bible reading from, or Bible listening even, to from a have to to a get to. Uh, we get to encounter the God of the universe as we engage with, and so we get into all things, the uh, Bible reading, all things to help you on that journey, and I think it's going to be a very helpful. So uh, without further ado, my conversation with Tara Lee Cobble. My guest today is Tara Lee Cobble, is the creator and host of the Bible Recap Podcast and the founder of D Group, an international network of weekly discipleship and accountability groups. She also hosts a daily radio show called God Shot. Tara Lee lives in Dallas, Texas. Learn more about her at TaraLeeCobble.com. Tara Lee, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. It is uh, good to finally chat. I have been doing my research here and I have all <laughs> sorts of questions. Oh boy. All right. Let's uh, go. But I always like to start off in left field is my normal habit, uh, just because I'm weird that way. Uh, and so I had a lot to choose from uh, as far as uh, before we get to Bible recap and stuff like that, because there's a move to New York. I even saw you at an improv comedy club with uh, <laughs> your country singer time. I'm Froyo is uh, you, know, you you just sell yogurt. I did. I, I yeah. My whole life is left field. That's <laughs> that's you got a lot to choose from, my friend. And we may come back to some of them, but I thought <laughs> uh, there's one I saw on Instagram uh, in the comments section uh, that you are a fan of trips to Israel. Uh, oh yeah. So if. Two years ago, around this time, I had my one chance to go uh, so far. And uh, do you have a favorite site or location that you like to visit or a favorite memory of a trip to Israel? I do have a favorite. I'll tell you about my favorite site. All right. That is not a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fine, too. (laughs) I mean, the food there is so good. So good. I love Mediterranean food. So um, there's this site. uh, Tell me if you guys went there uh, on the Sea of Galilee on sort of the northwestern corner. There is a site just outside Capernaum, which would have been Jesus' hometown around the time that he was doing his ministry. And it is called Mensa Christi. 
which means the table of Christ. Some people also call it Peter's primacy, the, the place of Peter's primacy, but that's hard to say. With all the, <laughs> I think I'd mess it up just then. Um, but uh, it's believed to be the site where Jesus called his disciples the first time and where he met them and fed them breakfast after his resurrection. So sort of the capstones of his ministry and his time with them. And it, one of the things I love about it is, uh, first of all, it's, it's uh, almost certainly the site because the harbor hasn't changed. The shoreline hasn't changed there in, you know, centuries and it's the only natural harbor. So it makes sense that that's where fishermen would put their boats. Also, I love that it's not commercialized. There's no t-shirt shack there. There's, you know, there's nothing crazy. It's not a very popular tourist site. And so usually, like often when I go there, I can just take off my shoes, walk out into the Galilee, hang out with the Lord. It's wonderful. Uh, Did you get to go there? I went to Capernaum, but I don't know. We didn't go that. Because is that like north of the actual like site or? It's just, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's north of Capernaum or south of Capernaum, but it's, we usually get, it's like a five minute drive. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, But uh, what was your favorite site? Well, two, that, that Capernaum being there on the shoreline just in general uh, was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, but I did go to, uh, well, this is a life highlight. My daughter had not been baptized up to that point. And mm-hmm. so I got to baptize her in the Jordan River. And so mm. that's, that's, that's going to take the cake, I guess. That is a great memory. <laughs> you know, I almost, said, I almost said my baptism in the Jordan River. I thought at the time it was my second baptism because I thought I had been, I'd been told that I was baptized as a child, you know, whenever I first became a Christian, my parents told me that that had happened, but I think they got me confused with another child because when they, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the way youngest. Um, so I found out later that that was my first baptism and I was wow. like, what? So, yeah. That, that is great. awesome. Uh, I mean, not awesome that they didn't know when you got baptized. <laughs> When you're the youngest kid, you're used to that kind of stuff. Like, you know, my brother's, my oldest brother's baby book has like hair clippings from his first haircut. And mine is like, we think our last child was a girl. (laughs) That's that's what we heard. How how many siblings do you have? I'm the youngest of six. Yeah. Okay. Youngest of six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm youngest of two. And so (laughs) they still- This is a little different. (laughs) Right. And we were only Uh 10 months apart. So- uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My oldest brother is old enough to be my dad. So- Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So- We're pretty spread out. (laughs) That was not in my notes. So look, I learned something (laughs) new already. (laughs) I call him my bronco. Like my brother, uncle. Yeah. Uh, And which explains- we were talking beforehand about uh, about your family gatherings. Now it's all becoming clear <laughs> that to me. Now. Sense now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we want to get to something important here, probably. But uh, <laughs> we 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 ought to stage what you do. We I want to dive into you know all things Bible recap here. All right, uh, let's but, do it. Uh, just so people who aren't familiar, what is the Bible Recap podcast? Just to kind of that's the starting point, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So. Have you ever closed your Bible and thought, what did I just read? Like, what was that about? Who, who is this? Is this important? Does this apply to me? Who, what was, why did God do that? I think we've all been there. And for me, I grew up in church and I still encountered that question, those questions regularly when reading my Bible. It didn't make sense to me. So the first time I ever read through the Bible chronologically, you know, in the order that the story happens, not the order that it's laid out. It's not laid out chronologically. 
the first time I ever read through, I had a friend who walked through the process with me. He had been through scripture many times. He was a pastor and he answered all my questions along the way. That's the only way I made it through, Kevin. Like I would have stopped. <laughs> so like, like we all do, you, we stop in Leviticus every year. That's what we do. Right. So I, after I read through the Bible and started to understand the storyline and started to understand the narrative, I wanted to read the Bible instead of just wanting to want to read the Bible. You know, I went from the, I want to want to read my Bible, but I don't want to. I went from the want to want to, to the want to, as I began to see God's character unfold and I began to see how the story fit together. So what I wanted to do for other people was what that pastor did for me. I wanted to walk through scripture with them, explaining the questions that they're encountering along the way, trying to help them overcome the hurdles that keep them from understanding God's word. So it's a daily podcast that goes along with the one-year chronological Bible reading plan, and it just tells you what you just read. Very cool. And obviously, we're going to dive into this more, but uh, the other thing we need to set the stage with is... D groups. Now it's a mm-hmm. D, the letter D and group, just for people who are listening, obviously, right. uh, uh, a network of discipleship groups. Uh, tell us more about what those are. So D stands for discipleship. And that was launched out of uh, around the time that I started reading through the Bible. And I was discovering all this stuff that I had never seen before. I wanted to talk about it with other people. And Pastors don't have a lot of free time. And so my pastor friend, even though he was, he was single at the time, um, he is happily married with two kids now, but he at the time uh, had more time to chat with this person who had all these questions. But I wanted to talk about it with other people who were discovering it for the first time. And I wanted to, um, for us to like walk through it together. And as I'm encountering all these questions, I just went to my, another pastor at the church and said, Hey, I want to start a a group of people who study scripture together. Do you know of anybody who'd want to do that? Because our home groups were mostly like, let's discuss the sermon. Let's read this book and let's talk about our lives. And I wanted to talk about the word. And so I was just like, who wants to talk about the Bible? Let's do that. And that original group of nine women became 15, became 25, became 40. Soon we were meeting on two nights, then three nights. And now we're meeting on six continents. And um, so we meet every week to either do a deep dive into a book of scripture or into a topic of theology. And we have men's groups and we have Spanish groups. And just, I had no idea that this many people wanted to talk about the Bible. It's great. (laughs) And and obviously with six continents, you're not running all of those meetings yourself. Uh, Not me, not me personally. No. Yeah. How how does it spread? How does that, uh, how do people get logged? So anybody who wants to start a D group, we tell them uh, if, you, if you know other people locally who would like to join you, you can start one. You just need one other person. We'll train the lead, anybody to lead online. We'll train them online. And uh, our team walks them through a six-step leadership training process that includes like a referral from their pastor, things like that, um, because we don't know these people. So we want to make sure that they are equipped to do this to some degree, but um we don't, it doesn't have to be like a seminary grad, you know, it's, it's just somebody who wants to study the Bible. I'm not a seminary grad. I'm not a seminary so grad. <laughs> I've never set foot in a seminary. So I, um, I'm not even a seminary dropout. I didn't get started. Um, but we, we, we train people online. And then if they don't know anybody else, like, let's say that they are the only Christian in their town that they know of, maybe they live in another country and they don't know other Christians. Maybe there's not a church in their town they can join one of our online groups. So 
we have options online or in person. And um, they just go to our website and there's a join, mydgroup.org forward slash join. And that will tell you how to join <laughs> either of those. Try to keep it pretty straightforward. That, 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 that's a simple. And so now you've come out with the Bible recap, uh, the one-year guide book. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so what's that compared to the Bible recap podcast? Podcast. This is the, first of all, what you're holding in your hand, not that your listeners can see, but the, what, <laughs> listeners, if you were watching us talk to each other, you would see that we're both wearing sweatshirts and glasses <laughs> and uh, Kevin's holding up a very small pamphlet sized book. Now the real book weighs three pounds and it's hardback and it's 750 pages, I think. Wow. Um, and every day. So you do the math, 365 days a year. 750-ish pages, it's two pages a day. So two pages of reading per day to recap what you've read in the, in the Bible. So it's essentially the podcast in book form. So uh, you go, you do your three chapters-ish of reading in the Bible for that day's allotted chronological reading, and then you come and read two pages of the book. So we designed it for people who are visual learners, for people who don't like the sound of my voice, for people who, um, you know, What's and, and also, <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. Um, <laughs> did, did you get a lot of feedback on the podcast? <laughs> I really would like this if it wasn't for that voice. Is that <laughs> we do have some people who don't want to listen to a female talk. And so they're, they're happy to read the book and not, you know, they don't, so it is what it is, you know, uh, but I just want to help people overcome whatever hurdles keep them from, from reading the Bible. And so we have this in book form, especially people who are visual learners, you know, um, I have friends who have, one of the things we offer with the podcast is if you join our Patreon, you can get daily transcripts. And I have a friend who prints it out every day and she prefers that to listening to me talk. And so I'm not offended by that. She's a visual learner. She wants to take notes. She wants to highlight all that stuff. And so what we did with the book was we took about, we distilled it, we edited it, we abridged it to its like best content. So you're getting like 40% of the whole transcript. Otherwise the book would be really un unbearably large, multiple <laughs> volumes. All right, so I, I'm looking at the pamphlet type thing here that I have that is uh -huh. <laughs> but I I, love, I actually loved your intro letter that you put in there uh, and I have some questions based on that uh, oh, wow all right all right <laughs> questions from the intro that's good stuff because well because you you talk about three mistakes that you made uh, mm -hmm. when it came to studying the the Bible that I think is really helpful to anyone who's encountered the Bible because uh, the average person who hasn't gone to seminary runs across these things. Uh, I think in just uh, the confidence level to engage with the, with the Bible. And so uh, let's just, if we could walk through them actually, that'd be great. Uh, Cause yeah. uh, <laughs> the first make you said uh, mistake you said was uh, looking for yourself, making the Bible a to-do list uh, for yourself. What do you, what do you mean by that? I think, so I grew up in church and I grew up in a, an incredibly loving home that did not tell me that God loved me because I did these things, but that I was supposed to do these things because I love God, which, you know, that's the natural result of when you love people, you want to honor them. Um, so I was looking for, how do I show God that I love him? 
Now, internally, what I'm thinking is, now God's love for me is not at risk. God loves me. My parents really did a great job in training me that God doesn't love me based on my performance. God loved me. God loves me based on Christ's performance. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people are trying to do things to earn God's love, but I was trying to do things to earn uh, God's response. So I wanted God to give me all the things that I wanted in life. And I thought this is transactional. If I do the things that he wants me to do, he'll do the things that I want him to do. So that's what I was looking for. I was looking for what's my to-do list so I can get what I want. Which I'm guessing wasn't the most enjoyable way to read the Bible. No, no, no. And it certainly didn't make me love God because guess what? He wasn't giving me what I wanted. So I was like, you're not holding up your end of the deal here, buddy. Um, and that was, that was a big mistake in my Bible reading. I was looking for my to-do list. And then you said the second mistake was you hovered over the same passages uh, what's the benefit that you found from reading broadly through the Bible? Well, yeah. So my second mistake, I, I think in general, I, I would hover over those same passages and I wouldn't really branch out to get the context, uh, the context, the understanding of like the broader story tells us who God. So I'm looking for God now when I read scripture, I'm not looking for myself and he has told us his story. But if you drop down in any, if you, let's say a new movie comes out, you go to the movie theater, you're like, uh, the movie starts at two. I'm going to show up at 3.15 and I'm going to watch five minutes and I'm going to leave. Then tomorrow I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the same five minutes and then I'm going to leave. And then I'm going to go back at the same five minutes. That's what I would do. I would just stick around in the Proverbs and the Psalms and the places I felt comfortable. I was never getting the whole storyline that God was wanting to reveal to me in his word. And so when that happens, you don't have the context. You don't understand the story. You don't understand the characters and you are definitely not going to love the characters. So by disregarding context, I was really robbing myself from a deep, intimate relationship with God, from the opportunity to love him. That's awesome. Now, uh, you were saying that there's a uh, kind of that dive in approach to this place, that place and the other place. Uh, and now, in fairness, we're recording this close to Christmas, and I do watch a couple movies. The I watch It's a Wonderful Life, the last five minutes, and <laughs> The Christmas Carol, it, it was George C. Scott, the last like five mm -hmm. minutes. That's all I'll watch of them. It's, it's, my, it's my therapy. I, <laughs> but you've I, seen them enough to know... Right what the whole rest of the story is right right yes so you're correct we we cannot uh, it gives us a very skewed look at the bible when we are only comfortable with what we're comfortable with yes. yeah yeah i mean you know you said something interesting just now you said it's your therapy and i think a lot of people uh, you know there there are whole sections of christian bookstores devoted to like pulling scripture out of context, like here's when you need hope, here are the verses that you read. When you need encouragement here, when you're going to start a business and you need to be reminded to be diligent, here's the verses that you, and, and it's just, we snatch these verses and we treat scripture like therapy. We treat it like, I treated it like a pharmacy. Like <laughs> here's what I need to get me through the day today, as opposed to this is a person that I'm in relationship with. Right. And, and ultimately, I mean, when you're in a relationship, there are benefits that come from right. it. Right. Uh, but it, 
if you're going to it simply for that, then it's a very transactional, which is absolutely not good for long-term friendship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to not to be, I'm not trying to be crass here as a single person. I say, you know, that sex is a part of marriage relationships, but when you, you go to a person just to get sex outside of the relationship, that's a totally different scenario, right? And, and it's illegal in some places. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but anyways, <laughs> so the third uh, mistake that you uh, talk about is drawing conclusions about God without taking into account the whole Bible. Uh, so what do we miss out with that mistake? What's kind of the end result? So for me, what I was missing was um, I had, uh, so I'll tell you, I grew up, my family owns a Christian bookstore. It was my first job. I grew up crawling the aisles of a Christian bookstore, surrounded by those books. I had all kinds of Bibles at home, access to all that stuff, church three times a week, Awanas, the whole nine yards. And still hadn't read the whole Bible until I was an adult in full-time ministry. I was already in full-time ministry before I read the Bible the whole time, the first time, um, and the whole way through. And so the first time I did it, I expected to understand it automatically, for God to explain himself right away. And you know, sometimes a question that you encounter in Leviticus isn't answered until Hebrews. And if you're doing the Bible reading plan, that's about six, seven months. It's a while. And so for me, I wanted answers so much that I would draw conclusions before I had all the information. So I'd be like, oh, here's what God's doing. Oh, here's why that's that. And then as a person in ministry, might sometimes go and tell other people those conclusions when I didn't have all the information. And so uh, are there places in the, in the margins of my Bible where I have marked out what I had written? Because later, as I continued <laughs> reading, I found out how wrong I was. So that was a mistake I made, was just demanding answers right away. As though, you know, like I said, I'd had the Bible my whole life. And all of a sudden, God needs to explain himself to me this very minute, the first time I ever read this sentence. Which, I mean, again, I love about the Bible is, is the depth of the fact that, I mean, it, the personality of God it has so much depth and uh, that you can keep going and keep going and keep going and you never get to the end of who he is and how uh, amazing he is. But, but sometimes our instant gratification. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> right. Yep. Right, right now. Uh, so someone who is, because you say I want to help you learn how to find and see and know God and his character more than anything else, which I love. Uh, what do you say to someone who's just intimidated by the Bible? Where do, where do they start? I would say it's just like getting to know anyone else. It's You do it in bite-sized chunks. When you are making a new friend, you don't expect to know everything about them right away. You don't expect to know their whole life story. You don't expect to know the weird habits they have when they eat. You learn those things through spending time with them. I have a friend with some weird eating habits. Oh, okay. so that's <laughs> to, to, to remain um, nameless, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think those are the kinds of things that you learn through spending time with someone. And so if you approach this as a, as a to-do list and you expect that you're going to do it perfectly and that you're going to do it once and check it off your list forever, that's not how, like, you're going to miss so much joy. Uh, and so I would tell people, 
approach it like a relationship. You're spending time with someone every day, getting to know them. When you open the pages of scripture, you're looking for God's character, for who he is, not your to-do list. And there are going to be days where you forget to do it. There are going to be days where you do it and you don't feel like you get anything out of it. But guess what? Like every time you hang out with a friend, you aren't taking away some huge monumental life-changing bit of information. Like you're just spending time with them sometimes. Sometimes you go and you sit and you watch a movie with them and you, you might be dumber by the time you leave. You might be like, I don't understand anything. Um, but you're spending time with the person. It's going to be imperfect and and that's okay because I tell people like this will expose your perfectionist tendencies in a way that you did not maybe even know that you had because just like uh, with a diet or anything, a running program or anything else, you miss a day and you're going to be like, forget it. I'll, st- I'll try again next year. I know it's February. We'll start again in, in next January. Like people just give up. And so uh, I tell them like, don't let your perfectionism keep you from God. And then another thing I want to say, just to encourage any listeners who might be coming at this is with, you know, with the Bible recap, what we do every day in the book and in the podcast, we tried to do something, we tried to approach things differently than a lot of the the other things out there. And there's nothing wrong with this, uh, the way that those things approach things Uh, in general, if you are doing some sort of Bible study, if you're doing some sort of program, each day will end with an application. How do you apply what you learned? There's nothing wrong with applying what you've learned. But what I didn't want to do was for, especially for a first time Bible reader who's just getting to know God, I didn't want them to leave that day's Bible reading saddled with some burden of who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. And then they're not even going to want to come back tomorrow and do it again because they still failed at yesterday's and they haven't done that yet. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I should be nice to my kids. Well, I yelled at my kids today, so I'm going to go read the Bible again tomorrow and I still haven't done what I learned I was supposed to do yesterday. So we don't do that. We don't end with application. We end with who, what do we see about God in today's reading? We call it the God shot, like the snapshot, the picture of who God is. So what did you see about God's character in today's reading? What does he love? What does he hate? What motivates him to do what he does? And as we leave each day, having beheld a little bit more of the character of God, we are drawn in by who he is and not by who we are trying to be. Which is probably, yes, you may take something away from it, but it's a long-term, healthier approach to the Bible. Yeah, because what happens is we become what we behold. So the more we behold him and we see his beauty, the more that we desire to be like him and his spirit at work within us takes that truth that we've stored up in us about who God is and enables us and equips us to respond like that. And so it happens that, I am not that patient in traffic, but the more I spend time in the word, the more I find myself responding in ways in traffic that are not like me at all, that are like him. And I'm shocked by it. And it's not anything I tried to do. It's something that when it happens, I'm like, who, who, (laughs) what, who took over my body? Oh, the Lord. Uh, So it's surprising how he conforms us to his image. Now, going back to what you said about the, the person who's reading and they get to Leviticus and it's not answered till Hebrews, uh, which is very true. Uh, how, and we've always heard about the people who, you know, the Bible reading plans and they, they get to, you know, the people who've died in numbers in Leviticus, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and going through those programs. Uh, 
how do you help the person who's who's like doesn't even want to start because they're like I, I, this see because this is going to come out near the end of the year so someone's going to say okay let me try this how, how do you encourage uh, or what would you say to someone who's like yeah i'm not even going to try because i just can't I, i've died too many times in the wilderness right <laughs> so <it's> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first thing i would say is if that is if that is you and you're you know how, the, what the wilderness is like and you're afraid to go through it come let me let me walk you through it come through it with a guide who can show you how to uh find delight in the wilderness don't try to go it alone go through it with someone else who's been to the wilderness before who knows how to build a campfire who knows how to what what berries to pick off what trees that aren't going to kill you like let come through it with a guide and um the other thing i would say is truly i I'll just, you know, uh, truth be told, I don't like Ezekiel. I don't like it. I don't, and it's long, right? And um, it's my least favorite book of the Bible. But I know every day there is something to learn about God in the pages that I'm reading. And, and I used to not like Isaiah, and now I like Isaiah. So there's, in me, there's hope that someday I'll like Ezekiel. But um, I think what what i tell myself that day is like this is literally just one percent of your day this is 12 minutes 12 minutes on average is how long it takes to read through the bible in a year if you're a slow reader the bible app or bible.com will read it to you that means anybody who's listening to this podcast has access to the internet has access to someone who can read it to them in 12 minutes a day on average and that's at one x so if you listen at one and a half x you got nine minutes and, and then my podcast is like eight minutes a day. If you listen to me at one and a half X, you got, you know, five and a half minutes or whatever that is. Um, six minutes, I guess that would be my math was bad there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even doing the math. So you're all good there. <laughs> <laughs> Neither a Bible scholar nor a math scholar. Um, but uh, it's really just a very small percentage of your day. One percent of your day that will change the whole other 99% just by stopping honoring the Lord, fixing your eyes on his word and looking for his character. You'll be surprised. There were days I was doing genealogies and I was weeping at the character of God that had jumped off the page at me. Shocks me still. Well, I, I, when you say the genealogies, that's one of the, I'll, cause I teach on praying the Bible uh, as part of my, when I teach around the country and I'll, I, Sometimes if I'm feeling brave, I'll, well, not if I'm feeling brave, I've done this enough times, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a Sunday school class and I'll say, if you come up with a passage that I cannot pray, you know, I will, uh, you know, and so invariably there's like someone lists the genealogy. And I love those passages because of that context, because hey, I've heard that Chinese uh, Christians I love those passages even mm. more because they can feel nameless in that, uh, in that world. And mm. so just the fact that the God of the universe is a God of personal knowledge of them is, is very important to them. And so that's a great place to start to pray. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So there is not a, there is not a passage that, which again, I, I think we're coming at it from this, 
similar veins when we're going there mm-hmm. saying uh, you as you encounter the bible it's it's to start a conversation it's starting a conversation with god it's starting his conversation to you and it's a place to uh, build relationship absolutely all right uh, now this may seem like a random question but you're a musician first uh, before you came to this whole process uh, i was i'm retired well, from that now <laughs> <laughs> is it is it now i wasn't going to ask this but is it retired you said retired is it uh something that you have completely you've you know put away the <laughs> the music I have. i've completely put it away yeah. um i do not do that anymore for a couple of reasons uh one the lord really started and this may have been where your question was going i don't know but the lord really started redirecting my heart uh, away from music. It was weird. Like I used to love music and I would listen to music on my long drives when I was on tour and I would have these 15 hour drives. It was music, music, music. And then it became sermons, sermons, books, podcasts, sermons, sermons. And I just began taking that in instead of music. And so my heart completely shifted. And all that happened around the time that I started reading through the Bible. I'm now on my 14th trip through the Bible, but it was about 10 years ago when I read through it for the first time. And, uh, that was around the time that my heart started shifting away from music. And then also four years ago, I had two open heart surgeries to fix birth defects and my lung capacity never fully recovered. So that was kind of the nail in the coffin, so to speak of my musical career. <laughs> Wait. Which was not the question I was going to ask about music, but that, that's very interesting. <laughs> what I was going to Oh, okay. Do tell. No, I was just curious as a person who comes from a music background, Mm -hmm. uh, if you approach the Bible at a different, because each of us brings a certain thing to, uh, and I would think a musical, uh, you know, just kind of having that musicality to it. uh, If you bring any of that to your, you how you encounter the Bible. Wow, that's a great, that's a, that's truly a perplexing question for me because I don't know how other people approach the Bible. So I have a hard time comparing, but I will tell you that as a musician, I was a little bit of an anomaly. I'm far more of a, not that musicians aren't thinkers, but musicians have a lot more feeling than I do. I'm far more of a thinker than a feeler. And so I was always geared toward writing a, a lyric as opposed to writing a melody and um, really struggled with melody because of that. I was really about the words. What are the words here? So, so you always were kind of a, uh, the context type person, you know, the meaning of yeah. the words. And so that you brought that. Uh, so it's not a complete shift from the music, the tonal thing to a right, you're, you're yeah. This. Interesting. Uh, and you brought up. Uh, I was going to ask about that. You brought up your open heart surgery. Did uh, mm-hmm. and you're in the midst of all of this Bible stuff at the time. Did uh, and you said so. You've, you've made several references to encountering God and. Uh, learning about him. Did you learn anything about him through the whole process of open heart surgery? You know, I, there's so much about God that I had head knowledge of, but that became sort of an experiential knowledge, a relational knowledge uh, during that time. And I have never, 
in the time that I've been reading scripture, I've never taken a break from reading scripture. I'd never really stopped. And so whenever I was preparing for my open heart surgery, I had all these books stacked up by my bed. Like I'm going to read these books in this six weeks of healing and the next three months, I'm going to read all this and whatever. Um, my second open heart surgery was kind of a surprise. I wasn't supposed to have to have open heart surgery again, three months after my first open heart <laughs> surgery. Um, but I did. And so my, what was going to be a six to 12 month healing process became many, many months. And um, I was also electrocuted in my second open heart surgery, which prolonged my healing process quite a bit. Um, so all that to say, I had all these books and guess how many I read? Zero. All I did was binge Netflix and Hulu and I didn't do it. I slept 18 hours a day and um, I did not accomplish any of those things. And I stopped reading my Bible and uh, that was, I, I had well-meaning friends who whenever I would confess that to them that I was like bummed about that they would come up they would say like that's okay you know you're healing from two open heart surgery give yourself a break and that was not what I needed to hear what I needed to hear was you know you need like the word is where your joy is going to be found in this time that's what's going to sustain you like and so I stepped away from the word for a period of months and what was the sweetest thing about the Lord was that I never from him felt, it was never shame. It was never condemnation. It was never a rebuke. It was always an invitation. It was always a wooing. And so he kept drawing nearer and nearer and nearer to me while I just had my Bible closed. And I remember one, I went through a lot of really, really rough relational stuff around that time and um, some heartbreak, some relational trauma, some spiritual trauma. Um, and there were nights when I was just like face down on the floor sobbing and wasn't reading my Bible, but I was face down on the floor sobbing, maybe talking to God. I don't even remember. But the next morning I woke up and I had a text from a friend who just said like, the Lord sees you. He's with you. He, this is a friend I hadn't talked to in months. She had no idea what I was going through. And she said, the Lord woke me up at X time. And it was the time that I was awake sobbing on the floor and just told me that he wanted you to know how pleased he is with you and how delighted he is with you. The Lord kept pursuing me while I had my Bible closed. That's what he taught me about himself. He pursues us. He seeks us out. Even when we, his children, turn our backs, he keeps coming with his love. Which is, I mean, really, when you're, you're talking about the Bible, it, we sometimes miss the fact that God really wants to communicate with us. <laughs> he, went to great, he went to great lengths to give us a lot of words. To, to, oh, yeah. He's, he's not. And so I think sometimes uh, when we get intimidated by the Bible, we, we forget the heartbeat of God is really, he's for us and wants to, us to understand uh, He's not, he's not trying to, to hide. Yeah, there's the hidden God and all that. But I mean, right. ultimately, hey, I mean, he died to get as close to us as he possibly could. He wants to be known, you know, like I think one of the time, one of the things I hear frequently from, from people uh, is talking about, people talk about how God can't be in the presence of sin. And that, that is not in scripture. Like what we see in scripture is that when Adam and Eve sin and they run from God, he runs to them to clothe them. 
And then God sets up camp in the wilderness with a bunch of sinners, like literally, okay, here are the sinners. I'm going to go move and dwell in the midst of them. He keeps coming after sinners. He keeps coming after us to rescue us across enemy lines and adopt us into his family. I love it. That's the best. That is the, that is the heart of God. Uh, a yeah. couple, couple more questions and we'll uh, get you on to uh, the rest of your day. But uh, <laughs> I got but, a guy coming to re- repair my cracked windshield. So, wow, that's you know, exciting. Gotta, they're, they're exciting day ahead, right? We, we all have our things we need to do. Uh, but, but that's something that you can't, can't drive without. But well, <laughs> right? maybe in Texas you can. I don't know. <laughs> there may be different rules down there. Uh, it's been cracked for a while. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. About six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, probably something. I, I, in Minnesota, at least you can get a ticket for that. I don't know. If oh, you, seriously? Oh, thank God I have not gotten a ticket. Well, I think, I mean, I guess it depends on how bad it is. But anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Right. This, this has been the, the funnest randomness conversation. <laughs> I told you, I'm all, I'm nothing but left field. That's right. All right. All right. So final Bible question and then a quote question. Uh, if you talk about uh, the wisdom uh, that we glean from the Bible, uh, any good questions that people should be asking themselves as they're, uh, as they're taking that time reading? Is there anything that you kind of, as you're reading a passage that just kind of a question or two that are kind of circulating through your mind as you're going through that? I think, uh, and I sort of hinted at this earlier, but the questions that it really, like I would literally write these out at the top of my journal every day when I first started trying to read through scripture. Um, actually, that's not true. My first trip through scripture, I did not look for God and it did not go well. I did not, <laughs> did not like what I was seeing, honestly. Um, and so then my mentors, my friends, my pastors told me, look for God. And I was like, how do I do that? (laughs) And they're like, okay, here are some questions to ask yourself. And, and I hinted at them earlier that, uh, what does God love? What does God hate? What motivates God to do what he does? So we see that by reading the story in context, you know, if, if someone were to drop down and get just a snapshot of your life and it happened to be the moment when you were disciplining your child they're maybe not going to think the best thing about you, you know, but if they see the great context of how you love your child and how you love your family and how you serve them, they're going to understand you better. And so for me, it was, as I'm reading through looking for, what does he love? What does he hate? What motivates him to do what he does? Um, And that's revealed in the story. So looking for those things, looking for God's character and literally writing down every day, what I discovered about God. Is it a name of God? Is it something someone calls him or that he calls himself? Is it something he does? Is it something he values, something he says? Writing out all those things. That to me was key. And it trained me every day what I'm supposed to be looking for. Now, sometimes I would read my three chapters and I would forget to look for God. I would get caught up in the story or I would go back to my old way of reading and I'd be like, oh, okay, now I got to go back and skim so I can have something to fill in at the top of my journal. And look for God's character. It's just, a, it's a skill you learn. 
and it's and it's a good skill. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that simple. I like simplicity. Maybe because I'm a simple guy, that might be. <laughs> I, I need it simple. But hey, right. now this isn't uh, Bible related, but it, well, it kind of is. But hey, right. it's a research, and you said one of my favorite quotes is by Nicholas von Zinzendorf, uh, and I love just saying that Nicholas von Zinzendorf. <laughs> Any Vons or Vans are fun to say. Well, and with the last name Senapuddy Rotten, you got to do what you can, right? You know, that's just what we are. Uh, but you, the quote you say is, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. That, that, yep. That's what uh, it's about. Uh, right? That, that is hilarious. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not what you'd expect someone to say is one of their favorite quotes. But... <laughs> Uh, but what, 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 why does, what about that quote speaks to you? Oh, man, <laughs> just, it, I love it. I love the idea of spending my days preaching the gospel. And then that's all that matters because then I get to go and be with the one that I've been talking about my whole life. It's just an extension into eternity of how I've been spending my days on earth. I love the idea of having that phrase on my tombstone with no name. Just that for like, and then it's clear you've died and you've been forgotten, right? Right. Every person who walks through that tomb, through that, through that graveyard and they see that and they are like, you're going to die. This person died, right? We don't know who they were, (laughs) but they died. And, and how did, how are you spending your life? You know? I, I actually love the quote. It's, it's one of those, those quotes that remind us, especially in our day and age where it is so much about being uh, you know, kind of out front and uh, mm-hmm. making ourselves, you know, yeah, we're able to use that for the gospel, but the, the ultimate goal is to uh, ultimately see him and whether we are remembered mm-hmm. or not, uh, that he's, he's lifted highs and is an yeah. awesome thing. Uh, yep. Uh, although I, I don't think uh, my wife's going to allow me to have a unmarked grave. So <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, I, I have talked about it, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, no, <Okay. laughs> but I guess when I'm dead, I don't really care at that point. So <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I do want uh, it as well with my soul to be sung at my funeral. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully she'll <laughs> sign off on that. That sounds like a, a reasonable request. And again, once I'm dead, I don't care. Uh, so uh, final question, uh, where can people, we mentioned it up front, but where can people learn about you and the uh, Bible uh, Recap Podcast? The, all, send, where would you like to send all people? All the things. I'll tell you, <laughs> the, easiest, the easiest place for me to send people is the Bible Recap dot com the bible recap.com that'll have links to d group if you're interested in joining or starting a d group it'll have links to tlc that's you know that's me Terry Lee cobble um it'll have links to the israel trips that that we lead with with d group and the bible recap everything that we've discussed the book you can buy it in our store everything we have covered is at the bible recap.com there you go that's where we'll send people yeah sweet <laughs> Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me on the show. Great times. (laughs) Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. A couple of things before I send you on your way. First of all, that was an interesting conversation with my 
dog in the background. You may not. I tried to edit that out as much as I could, um, but I think there's some slurping of water, scratching on the door. Uh, so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. I like to tell my guests that um, we're like having a conversation over a table, you know, at a coffee shop or something, and there's things that happen. <laughs> and in this case, it was the dog. So sorry about that. Uh, uh, second, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them over at ChristConnection.cc and just click on the podcast and you'll find all the things that we talked about there. Again, that's ChristConnection.cc and click on podcast. I hope that was encouraging to you and that you would uh, be challenged to go to the next level in your Bible reading or uh, maybe share this with a friend and say, hey, let's do this together and uh, go on the next adventure. You know, both pick out the book and go through it together or start listening to her podcast and uh, go through that and see where God would take you. Uh, he wants to encounter, as we talked about, he wants to encounter you. He wants to enjoy your company. Uh, that's what her podcast is about. That's what we're all about. And I hope that you got the, the heartbeat of God again today as he pursues you. Uh, again, the website uh, for all things uh, Christ Connection is ChristConnection.cc. We're on social media at Enjoying Prayer. Uh, that's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. I uh, would love to hear from you over there. Leave a review, uh, rate this thing, <laughs> get the word out about what we're because we're here to help you and uh, help the people around you enjoy Jesus. So before you go, God bless you, keep you, uh, may you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of God. May you pursue him with a passion that you might know him better. Until next time, thanks for listening.